Hello, hello, and welcome to another Hometown Daily News Show. I am Merwat, and this is the Daily News Show for January 2nd, 2023. Uh, today we're going to be talking about a toxic aircraft carrier getting scuttled, an antibiotic that's going to, it's called moon milk, and it's from a cave. We're going to describe an animal that kills most humans, and... Some people already know what it is. Other people don't seem to. There's going to be a non-invasive test that can detect even a trace amount of prostate cancer. Yeah, that's the type of podcast and stream that people are paying for. LexisNexis has a, a side business of making millions off of virtual crime center data. A vaccination for bees and uh, Apple sees a quarterly revenue dip. Then we get to talk about some dolphins who are showing up Navy special operators. And uh, Star Wars Visions is about to drop. Well, in a little while. And uh, Senators Cruz and Mankin team up to fight a non-existent gas stove ban. This is an article that I thought was going to be the cream of the crop for tonight. But no... The Pentagon has spotted a Chinese spy balloon flying over northern United States. Let's get into the show. Hello, hello. I am Merwat. That is hometown.com and the booming voice from on high, the great and powerful AI. Good evening, hometown citizens. Uh, that booming voice and that slight echo. I can't tell if it's just because it's echoing through hometown or if it's just in the hollowness that is my head. I don't know, but we'll deal with it. So we've already selected all of the articles for tonight. If you are interested in them, you can actually go to that little URL down there, hometown.showbot.tv. I was going to highlight the six uh, categories of shows um, in which all of the news gets funneled into 50 subchannels. We're actually sitting at 47 because I've deactivated a couple um, pending some additional news sources. Um, but there's another one that has been kind of vexing people, and that's the podcast link here. Um, yes, you can, you don't have to download the podcast. Um, you don't have to go over to YouTube. Um, and, um, <laughs> no, it's not anyway. Um, and you don't necessarily have to come to Twitch to listen to the show after the live broadcast, you know, come and listen to the VOD. Um, but you can go to hometown.com and you click on the podcast link and it'll show you all of the podcasts that have uh, been ported over um, and it streams from my uh, storage facility and you'll be able to listen to it um, unedited it is the exact same thing as the VOD it'll um, have the show notes it'll have what the podcast has it won't have the video um, although I guess I could do that too now that I you know, kind of ponder it maybe I'll make that an option in the future um, but 
you can go over to YouTube and watch the video and it'll have the show notes. You can go to hometown.showbot.tv and uh, actually click on the links and go over to um, those uh, resources through hometown. Um, and yeah, we're still developing something on the back end. I'm just going to keep on teasing that until it's done. I suppose it doesn't make any difference to everybody who's listening and downloading the podcast anyway. Um, anything exciting and new out of the realm of the AI that running hometown other than maybe some glitches in hometown still nothing major, nothing major. Well, as for status reports, that's probably the best status report I can get. Let's get into the news. And uh, the news starts with, well, Brazil is going to sink a toxic aircraft carrier at sea despite environmental concerns. Yeah, that actually, I'm not surprised by anything in today's world, but uh, what's going on with this is they actually know that it's toxic, some 300 tons or something like that of um, dangerous chemicals um, and whatnot on it. And it's worth, well, one government uh, has requested purchasing it. Another said, no, don't send it to us. And so they're going to drop it into the ocean anyway. Um, Kind of shocking here in the United States and elsewhere, I'm sure. I don't know about elsewhere's policy. So if you're in chat um, or you hear this and are interested in uh, talking shop about this kind of stuff, um, come to the show on every day, 9 p.m. Eastern, um, and and let me know what you think of all of this and, and how how your knowledge is about this you know what does if you're from a different country what do they do around your country um i would love to know but here in the states they basically make you power scrub this thing and uh, make sure that there's no toxic anything um you're not even allowed to sink it with diesel in the tank you have to drain everything and certify that it is clean uh, because when something drops into the ocean um, containing what this is saying that it contains, which is PCBs, um, everything dies around it. And this is a huge ship going to go into basically a Marine theater. It's going to drop down into the ocean and become something akin to a wreck dive, uh, which I love. I absolutely love wreck dives diving an aircraft carrier would probably be a dream come true only because how often do you get to swim around in an aircraft carrier? Um, but there's all kinds of special, uh, activities that have to take place. They weld doors open or closed to minimize trapping somebody. They blow holes in the side to scuttle it effectively yet still make sure that it's secure on the bottom of the ocean care and feeding so to speak uh, is taken both in making sure that the object is safe for scuttling and for the life that's going to spawn off of it not so apparently with this uh, we'll scroll down a little this is over at uh, common dreams uh, dot org uh, and written by brett wilkins 
And it says here, we're talking about a ship containing both hazardous materials and valuable materials. It's supposed to be brought into the territory of Brazil and managed in an environmentally sound way. Well, probably not. It's the Sao Paulo, an 870-foot, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, Clemenceau? Clemenceau class um, carrier, first commissioned by the French Navy in 1963 as the Fouch? Is that it? I don't know. Be careful how you say that. I'm going <laughs> to. Especially since we're on the first article. <laughs> yeah. We're, oh, we're eight minutes in. So I can say that I'm going to fuck that up. I said it correctly. Anyway, it'll be sunk using explosives about 217 miles off of Brazil's coast. So you're out into the exclusive economic zone. Um, and at a depth of about 16,000 feet. So nobody's going to be diving this. So that kind of sucks because nobody can dive 16,000 feet. You have to be a pretty technically sophisticated diver to get down to about 160 feet. And and then you're uh, inhaling exotic gases when you go deeper than that. Um, And that's the farthest that I've gone down 165 feet. Um, And even then it was just a bounce dive where you just touch the ground and then come back up because, well, you will, you might suffer from pain and suffering (laughs) if you stay down too long. Anyway, um, there's all kinds of stuff in this thing and they're just going to drop it into the ocean. And at 16,000 feet, obviously it doesn't hurt anybody and um, the ocean will take care of it, right? Well, and that's what I don't, I'm wondering if internationally somebody's going to put a stop to this because it's not going to be a Brazil problem. It's going to be a world problem. Oh, but it's in their exclusive zone. So obviously it just stays there, right? I mean, the fish don't eat toxic chemicals and then get eaten by larger fish and all that. No. Those toxic chemicals, they stay right there in their spot. You know that they found barrels of PCBs. Uh, I think it was off the coast of Oregon um, a few years ago. And the reason that they found them is because apparently they started leaking again and there was a die off around it, basically like an asteroid hit and it just killed everything around it. Um, so no, the stuff doesn't stay. I, I'm obviously I'm being painfully sarcastic, and this stuff is going to impact, you know, quite a, a wide berth because <laughs> it's a ship anyway. Um, but you know, you know out of sight, out I of think mind. Somebody should buy this. Like we see features in the news about people doing charitable actions. This is millions of dollars. This is not billions. Somebody yeah, could just purchase this and make sure it's decommissioned safely. A Saudi business group said that they'd buy it for $6 million, but they said, nah, we're going to sink it. Mr. Beast could probably buy this. That's actually what I was thinking of because of that other article. <laughs> yeah, you know, Mr. Beast is being vilified right now because he's doing this, like, uh, what are they? I can't remember what they called it right now. They... Um, like suffering tourism or tourism suffering, oh, something like that. I saw something about that. I forgot what the term was, though. And frankly, I think that's batshit insane that somebody would vilify Mr. Beast for doing great good and drawing attention to the 
inadequacy of American healthcare and the cost that people have to are burdened by when they don't have the leverage that Mr. Beast has in terms of paying um, goodwill to the people doing the treatments and vilifying the the medical system, the, the healthcare system that says you have to be blind because you don't have $8,000. Kind of twisted. So, uh, but see, I'm, I, I get to see and hear this kind of stuff pretty often where the actuarial tables of an MBA in the healthcare facilities uh, calculates what you're worth in the long term, and if the return on investment is worth keeping you alive, let alone just fixing your eyes. For crying out loud, uh, it's so dispassionate. All under the auspices of a business's objective is to create profit to the stakeholders. Well, no, it's to maximize benefit. It's to it's to make money, but still can do social good in the same sentence right make money while doing a social good so lower your profit margins a little bit and help people to the point that you can and i do it every day i I literally do it every day people come to me and ask if they can get a certain benefit that i have to offer and wherein i can i give it Um, i have my limits but i'm not mr beast So why aren't other people doing the same thing? Well, it shouldn't be out of the kindness of somebody's heart as just a regular Joe. Mr. Beast is a famous but regular Joe. It really should be incumbent on our society as a whole. We pay into the taxpayer system. If you one day need it and you don't, and all this time you've been poo-pooing the idea of Uh, government and society helping each other. You keep poo-pooing it. I don't want to pay into it. I don't use those services. And the one day you do and you start bitching about it, the entire social order should be able to get in line and smack you across the face because you're sociopathic to think that one day that you're immune to something like this. I mean, do you remember trading places? Yes. That's all it takes is somebody saying, hey, let's flip the script, right? That's all it takes. Some bad turn of event, just a bad turn of events, and you're down and out and try and struggle to get back into, uh, you know, (laughs) even a benefit to yourself. You know, you can't even help yourself when you're blind because of cataracts. Yep. And all it takes is one day to completely change your life in one direction for something. Yeah. It could be that or something else. For at least years, right? So this, it, it, cataracts may return, but it's at least years away of a massively improved quality of life. And they vilify the guy. How we got there from here, it, it's basically the same thing. You, you can't sit there and just in a vacuum, do something and not worry about the impact that it's going to have a knock on effect onto the rest of the world. Think about it, but got mine. Screw you. Bye-bye.
get off my lawn. Anyway, let's move on to the next article. I soapboxed, soapboxed for 12 minutes. So uh, the next article is um, in the word in tech and it's lumamycin, right? Like, like, uh, what is it? What, what's the other stuff? Erythromycin or uh, whatever. Yeah. So this is lunamycin, um, a new antibiotic extracted from moon milk. When I say that, I have to say it like that because it sounds weird. Moon milk um, deposits. So what are moon milk deposits? It's a mineral deposit found in caves and used for its curative properties. And part of a study conducted by scientists from the University of Liege. Is that pronounced properly? Liege. And the Hedera 22 spinoff. I'm just going to go over to the source, which is, of course, fizz.org. Well, I love fizz.org, but man, sometimes when you're walking down this paragraph and you move on to the next paragraph, your brain gets tied up in a knot and I need probably another subject matter expert. Okay, this is a new one. Um, Twitch just dropped my transfer rate <clears throat> to below a thousand. <clears throat> so oh, I don't no. know. Yeah. I don't know how it's recording right now. So it just says that it's unstable, but it's not me. I've got a backup recording, so we'll continue on, but, uh, you're not this unstable. Is, I am unstable. That's, that's <laughs> for sure. Univ University de Liege, I guess it's pronounced that way. Um, is the source of this. Since the dawn of, of time, human beings have been able to draw on the environment for resources, techniques, and sometimes beliefs to protect themselves from disease and care for their health. While the effectiveness of certain ancestral practices has been demonstrated and endorsed by modern society, modern medicine, <clears throat> the rationality of many traditional medicines remains misunderstood and even suspect. Well, this is the case for the use of moon milk a concretion frequently found in various forms. I'm going to say this all quote. I'm going to quote this. This is okay. Now I'm streaming at 25,000 kilobits per second, which is beyond my network's capacity. Anyway, here's well, to this going haywire today. <laughs> here's to this actually functioning in any real way. Oh, well. Maybe this is one where I'm going to have to redo another day. Um, anyway, moon milk comes in pasty, dry, or liquid forms and uh, in limestone caves, a remedy used for curative purposes. Uh, speleothem. This speleothem is most often observed in the so in the form of a soft rock, depending on its hygrometry, so how moist it is. A sort of mineral cheesecake, explains Sebastian Regali. Sounds like a wizard from Harry yes, Potter. Yes, exactly. Or maybe like a villain from a cartoon or something. But just like uh, wizardry, they're a molecular microbiologist at the Center for Protein Engineering, or CIP, in BIOS, Faculty of Science of the, I guess, University Liege. You Liege? Quote, there is a lot of archaeological evidence of its use as an anti-infectious agent, mainly in the Swiss and Austrian Alps. Well, I guess this is where they find it. Expeditions to search for and collect moon milk 
deposits in the Walloon Karst. There must be more to this. Um, but I'm not going to get really deep into this thing. Let's just say that this is a new form of antibiotic, potentially. And they're going to be doing some uh, additional research on exactly what it's capable of. Uh, we're always looking for new antibiotics. And uh, we, we tend as humans uh, to build up a resistance to it. And uh, whatever is in us that doesn't die, yet is a bug, becomes a little bit more powerful. And we end up having to leverage ever more powerful antibiotics. And that can create super strains. Um, and antibiotics aren't really good for humans. They are and they aren't. They're like the soft form of chemotherapy. It kills everything in our bloodstream, um, which is not good. Um, and then our natural immune system builds up a little bit and recovers and um, hopefully we don't still have this bug floating around inside us well it is an antibiotic named lumamycin and produced by a bacterium called streptomyces luna lactis interesting um, lunamycin and luna lactis referring to the ecological niche from which the molecule and bacterium originate, the moon milk. That's all I'm going to say about this. So awesome that there are people out there that are running around and scraping things off of walls because apparently it, what, can be something more than it looks like to average Joes like me. I swear, if I ever walked into a cave and scraped something off the wall and licked it, I mean, that's where we had like the Ebola outbreak is from that kind of event, not the licking, but just the scraping things off of cave walls. This is how you get C24. And it's because Mayor Watt decided to go climbing around in a cave in Ometown and lick a bad bat. I petted it first. Anyway, next article is in the word in tech. What animal kills the most humans? Here's the unexpected predator and how to protect yourself. I never thought in a million years that this would have been news, um, but a, but it is um, because I've always heard that it is what I'm about to say. Um, so I, I know what it is because I looked at the article and I didn't know specifically, but I had an idea what it was. I think people probably think it's something much different than this. But that's what it is. Right. right there. I mean, don't they probably think of like predator cats or, um, you know, like lions or something like that? Something other than a mosquito. Right. Or a mosquito. Or snakes or something. I don't know. Something else, right? But no, mosquitoes, that's what it is. What animal kills the most humans? But I thought it, well, uh, maybe the way that they phrase that animal, you know, it's an insect, isn't it? It is. Um, but it's still part of the same um, animal kingdom in so biology. That's the, there's the technical, like, oh, you know, a banana isn't a fruit. It's a, no, just whatever everybody says that it's a fruit so this is a this isn't an animal this is a an insect a mosquito 
Anyway, Claire Mulroy is the author of this over at fizz.org. Um, it says, according to a 2015 poll from Ipsos, about half of Americans said that they were absolutely terrified of sharks. Someone, almost 40% said that they're scared to swim in the ocean because of sharks. But according to a Florida Museum of uh, Natural History, there were only 11 shark-related fatalities worldwide in 2021, which I thought that would be a tremendous amount. Um, yeah, I don't know. I didn't even think about sharks. I don't know why I was thinking of land animals. Uh, they're talking about land sharks from Saturday Night Live back in the 70s, I think it was. Land shark. Um, but when it comes to dangerous animals, which species kills the most? Dun, dun, dun. I'd always heard about mosquito nets and, and them being very important to stopping um, mosquitoes from killing people around the world. And so, you know, um, we've donated to causes to facilitate getting mosquito nets and um, try and enlighten people about not leaving water in tires and, and um, things like that. Uh, because I had always heard that um, mosquitoes are very dangerous, very deadly. Um, so there you have it, folks. Uh, that's pretty much what's going on here. Mosquitoes can transmit life-threatening diseases like malaria and dengue. Dengue fever is the thing. Um, and the World Health Organization estimates that mosquitoes that carry these diseases kill 725,000 people a year. Um, now, in the grand scheme of things, somebody's going to say, well, that's not that big of a deal because it's 700, you know, but this, these are preventable deaths, right? From something as simple as not leaving water standing in humid places where it's contaminated, like tires and stuff like that, and other, um, water basins that aren't flowing, uh, because the mosquito larva won't survive in flowing water. It has, it, it has to be the standing water that just kind of lets it fester. Um, and, uh, mosquito nets can save lives. These are preventable deaths, right? Um, and, uh, there are other things that are preventable as well, right? So you wear a mask because there's a pandemic, you get a vaccine because there's a pandemic, you stay beyond arm's reach because there's a pandemic. Um, you get tested and stuff like that, right? This is as simple as getting nets manufactured for, you know, fractions of a penny uh, per person. Now there are places. Go ahead. I was going to say that to put that number into perspective, at least in the United States, that's more people than live in the nation's capital, the District of Columbia. Yeah, so, well, this I is... Mean, and that's per year. Right. Yeah. How many people live in Wyoming? Less than that. I think it's about <laughs> 500,000. And the District of Columbia is 600 and some thousand. Yeah. So um, just to put it in perspective, that beyond just the number, these are preventable. And it's as simple as, you know, humans being human and donating some, a few pennies to save, uh, thousands of lives now that's all around the world 
but it's largely not here in the United States. It's largely not in Western Europe um, or the UK. It's usually in more humid areas um, and hot areas and um, less affluent areas, I guess you could say, um, which is, it's, it's all just a shame. You know, we have so much technology. Um, the whole of mankind could be made different or humankind. Let me be a little bit more sensitive about that. Um, at any rate, let's move on. Um, again, I feel a soapbox building itself underneath me. So the next article, and I'll do this one really fast um, because nobody uh, really wants to do a deep dive into prostate cancer, but a non-invasive test can detect even trace elements of prostate cancer. Um, this is pretty much an issue for everybody. At some point in their life, they do this little test. They either get a colonoscopy or, um, as I've been describing it to people, you poo in a box and ship it off to somebody. I get to pretend that I'm a cat, basically, and I get to sit there and send it off to somebody and say, that's right, you get to look at my poo. Um, but anyway, it's in the word in tech. Cedar sinai cancer investigators have developed a new nanotechnology-based test that can detect and profile prostate cancers, even in microscopic amounts. And, of course, this is over at uh, phys.org. I think the stream has recovered of no okay. manipulation of my own, but... We'll see how it plays out on the other side. If you're in chat and you want to let yourself be known um, and let me know that the stream is going okay, um, that would be great. Uh, but maybe somebody, people have come in and left because of uh, the poor Twitch connection. Anyway, this research will revolutionize the liquid biopsy in prostate cancer. Um said Edwin Posadas, MD, medical director of the Urologic Oncology Program and co-director of the Experimental Therapeutics Program at Cedars-Sinai Cancer. I don't know why they would call it that. Maybe throw center at the end of it so that it's a little bit softer. Uh, anyway, they have a quote here. The test is fast, minimally invasive, and cost-effective and opens, opens up a new suite of tools that will help us optimize treatment and quality of life for prostate cancer patients. Wonderful. So, and they talk about what um, prostate is. It's a walnut, walnut sized gland just below the bladder. Um, yeah. Uh, quite a lot of people get prostate cancer and um, that can turn into much worse if it isn't remedied um, or even detected. And uh, we've moved away more and more from really invasive colonoscopies, basically, have been really um, the, the go-to for reviewing all of this um, for colon cancer. And then there's been a, a, a good push over to this um, analysis of feces and now you've gotten to the point where it's just a little bit of a thing and you're done um which i think is great um here's the technology uh not making me go get a tube i'll just leave it alone okay so hey what have you heard about lexus nexus folks you know i can be what real a about a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah really 
You know what else feels like getting a colonoscopy? Paying for LexisNexis as a sole proprietor of a practice. Um, maybe that's a bad comparison. Guess who's not going to be running ads in Ometown? Oh no, we lost another potential sponsor. That's right. LexisNexis is not going to be very happy with me. Anyway, the data company LexisNexis makes millions of dollars selling dedicated tools to law enforcement and other U.S. government agencies, according to a contracting data and uh, agency documents reviewed by Motherboard. Of course, this is going to be over at vice.com. We want to know another company that has a lucrative um, police or law enforcement contract? Uh, is it LexisNexis's competitor or something else? Zappos. Oh, that's odd. They actually sell the um, the uh, tread designs because forensic investigations, they do a shoe print, they can track it to what shoe is actually of that pattern, and it's outsourced, so it's somebody else that's recording all of these tread patterns um, and then they just license it and ta-da, I can do a search and analysis to see if it matches. It's quite brilliant. That's pretty and, interesting, yeah. yeah. And there are other companies that do the same thing. Genealogy is doing it now, um, which is really creepy because, well, it just is. Anyway, the contract highlights LexisNexis. Uh, I got tongue-tied on that often overlooked government work, which includes capabilities that stretch beyond its ordinary people search or articles database uh, available to consumers and businesses. One of those is the Virtual Crime Center. That's interesting. Are they not talking in any way about the fact that LexisNexis is tied directly into law? Do yeah, I mean, that seems like they would highlight that. Okay, maybe it's actually in the article itself. This is an article over at, um, at vice.com under Motherboard Tech by Vice um, and written by Joseph Cox. It says, uh, Procurement records and documents obtained through FOIA, Freedom of Information Act requests, highlight LexisNexis's often overlooked business of selling data to the government. A lot of businesses do. Um, so yeah, it looks like a heat map of crime. Wow. Maybe it is. I can't tell if that's what, it, what it's showing. Right? Uh, I don't know. Uh, well, to me, it looks like a heat map. Um, and with as many pins as you move towards higher density, the color changes. I'm sure if there was a way to you know, vacate the pins and still keep the heat map, that's what you'd end up with. Um, so... Let's see here. Virtual Crime Center, a system for linking public records with agencies' own internal data sets and those from other agencies. So basically, a nexus of Lexus. Oh, that's a good name for a company. Anyway, today's law enforcement agencies need a new a view beyond their own jurisdictions. LexisNexis, Accurant Virtual Crime Center. That rolls off the tongue. Um, brings together disconnected data from over 10,000 different sources, including police agencies uh, nationwide and public records for intelligence-led policing that can drive decisions and actions, so turning data into information. 
Interesting. So the Secret Service paid around four hundred thousand dollars a year from twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty two. That's nothing if you were looking at healthcare. Um, that's like one day after heart surgery. Uh, the Intercept previously uh, covered ISIS purchase of LexisNexis data, uh, documents obtained by immigrant advocacy organization Just Futures Law later found ICE searched that data over one million times in seven months. Now, if you're paying four hundred thousand dollars, you got to knock down that per search price. You know, the public has to pay an extraordinary amount per page to get to the publicly aggregated data. Like, it's astronomical how much uh, uh, it's (laughs) public information because it's all funded by taxpayers. But to get that data, you have to pay if it's valuable or not, because you don't know what the search results are going to pan out as. You still pay per page, and I can't remember what it is. It was either ten cents or twenty-five cents or something like that uh, when I last looked into it. Um, that said, like all Vice articles, this goes into a much deeper dive. Uh, but suffice it to say that along with Big Brother is Little Sister, and you can't you know, extract one from the other. They are intimately tied together because. Taxpayer dollars are paying for the private sector development and things go from tactical to practical and then as a contract back to government. So really, we're all getting juiced. Um, Now, I have no problem. In spirit, I have no problem. But when nobody else can get access to it except for the taxpayer dollars through proxy of government agency... Therein lies the rub. Um, but then... Particularly if it's taxpayer-funded information, with. right? Right. This relative's neighbors and associates piece is kind of concerning, but I suppose that's standard in law enforcement. Yeah, so Zach Edwards, a security researcher who follows the data trading ecosystem... Uh, told Motherboard in an online chat that relatives, neighbors, and associates' information is totally alarming. It would appear that LexisNexis has taken the concept of friends and family plans to a whole new creepy level by creating consumer profiles available for purchase to the government with details about people's close personal contacts. By the way, it's illegal for the federal government to do that because they're not, they are um, forbidden from creating dossiers on citizens within the country. So the FBI can't do it without cause. The CIA can't work within the United States, supposedly. But we all know that that's not what, I mean, it's all available one way or another. Um, But supposedly, the government is not allowed to create a dossier unless you have, there is a cause of action within the government for them to point their or you're a government employee and they've got all kinds of information on you through background checks, which includes things like neighbors. <laughs> but you buy into it when you become true, a civil servant true. or a yeah. um, government agent. So SF-86 is there and you have to fill it out. It's not like they can just do it well. Yeah, we all know. We all know that 
the people that have the power abuse that power. And we've, I've already talked about it multiple times in hometown about the fact that people um, working for the FBI or the police or whatever exploit that access because they want to find out about, you know, the, their brother's girlfriend or whatever it might be, or they want to spy on a potential love interest. Um, hell there, there's, I suspect that, you know, somebody could be doing that to me, um, because they were once involved in that field and you just sit there and go, okay, you're either going to be paranoid and think like that, um, or you're just going to write it off. And if anything, if you ever do find out about something, then you just drop the hammer on them legally. Um, and that's, this is just beyond the pale because it's a private organization that's building these dossiers on people and then selling them to the government. So it isn't the government that's doing it. It's little sister and little sister is making money. Again, all kinds of people are not going to be advertising in hometown now. So let's move on to the next article and maybe this will change their minds because we're going to be talking uh, the bees knees and making them happy and healthy and buzzing. It's all the buzz that bees are getting vaccinated now. You know who doesn't have to wear a mask anymore? I guess the bees. Bees. Yeah. Beekeepers could soon have a new option for protecting hives from a devastating disease. Their first vaccine. Oh, my first vaccine for bees. Uh, if anybody is a writer out there, you now have a book. Um, vaccination for bees doesn't sting. They had to work hard to get that as a workable title because it doesn't really make any sense. Uh, Delin Ford, North Carolina State University. Uh, earlier this month, the U.S. Department of Agriculture gave conditional approval to a new product from Georgia biotech company Dallin Animal Health that targets a bacterial disease called American Fowl Brood. Why do they have to slap that on there? Why not freedom foul brood? Something, I don't know. That's not the right thing to call it either. Uh, it's not a vaccine in the traditional sense. Immunity is conferred by treating the queen, meaning no bees will be waiting in line for shots, says David Tarpey. I'm telling you, this is just a bug's life 2.0. Um, a professor and extension specialist in uh, apiculture, uh, with North Carolina State University. There is a game, by the way, on Steam called Apico, I think, or Apico. I'm not sure how, what the pronunciation is, but it's all about taking care of bees. It's kind of like a base builder around bees. Um, it's pretty cool. Go look it up. Um, you won't regret it. Anyway, um, somebody, and I'm assuming that it's Dylan Ford over at North Carolina State University, said that... Uh, we asked Tarpy to explain the science behind the new option and what it could mean for beekeepers. Uh, it's not me asking this, but uh, Professor Tarpy says uh, that they believe this is the first registered product of its kind for insects, uh, since it, so few are domesticated insects under the USDA veterinary umbrella. Can you imagine having like a, a dachshund-sized bee that's domesticated and you take it for walks or flights? Or I think that sounds cute. <laughs> um, but if you pet it the wrong way, it stings you. It's like having a, a single quill porcupine. Um, 
It is based on a research paradigm demonstrated first on beetles, then on other insects, until finally being shown on honeybees that suggests transgenerational immune priming or TGIP. Neat. So you expose the mother to the pathogen and cure them or build up their resistance to it. And then all of their eggs um, are less susceptible to the same strain of the same disease. And according to this, it's not genetic manipulation um, or a permanent change because it's basically within that one queen um, and integrated naturally into their system. It isn't like um, CRISPR and they're modified at the genetic level, um, which I don't know if the genetics would impact the offspring of even somebody that's genetically modified, unless it's something having to do with the um the biogenesis like the chromosomes correct yeah um it would have to spawn in the reproductive organs so uh, the research funded and published by this uh company suggests a modest 30 to 50 percent reduction in the infection of inoculated larvae in a controlled laboratory setting so it's unclear at this point however how well it will translate into real world environment neat so I wonder if they're running around, how did they, so yeah, that's my next question. How do they vaccinate honeybees? Um, so beekeepers mix the product in essence, dead cells of the bacterium that causes the disease into queen candy, which I think is the, um, it's like a concentrated pollen. Um, I, I can't remember what it's, what it looks like. Anyway, um, it says a major part of their diet is sugar. Uh, the workers then feed the queen, which it turns in turn primes the eggs that she lays to have this transgenerational immune priming. Um, so yeah, she basically becomes the factory that makes the bees less susceptible to American brood, whatever it's called, foul brood. That's just sad. So, okay, let's, let's move on to the next article. And uh, this next article is uh, Apple quarterly revenue dips 5%, missing Wall Street forecasts as services. Uh, Biz posts record sales of just shy of $21 billion. Um, Apple revenue declined 5% in the uh, year-end 2022 quarter amid iPhone manufacturing disruptions and fell short of Wall Street's earnings estimates, which I, I think that they're like always growing. Uh, but its growth slowed in the period to a 6.4% year-over-year increase. Those bastards. I can't believe the revenue dropped. I don't I think we were talking right before the show. I don't remember that ever happening. So uh, this is over at Variety.com by Todd Spangler. And the although the revenue declined, it's still... I guess in a weird way, the, the decline was what was anticipated, not necessarily the ultimate number because it's still, it, it just slowed down to a 6.4% year over year increase. So not only did they meet their costs and their expected growth, 
it just their internal rate of return might have been something different than what everybody else was saying it needed to be 5% higher. So they ended with still 6.4% year over year growth from whatever it was last year to the end of that fiscal period, 6.4%, still twice as much as anybody's cost of living increase to the tune of billions of dollars, you know, not just, you know, $3,000 raise if you're lucky. Um, so overall, the tech giant reported $117.2 billion on the top line and net income of $30 billion down 13% or $1.88 per share for the quarter ended uh, December 31st, the actual calendar year, interesting, which is Apple's Q1 uh, fiscal year 2023. So they're actually rotated a quarter. Um, so analysts on average expected Apple to post revenue of 121.1 billion. So yeah, they were, they were down a little bit in earnings per share of $1.94 per share. Hey, you know what? They're now they're mitigating the losses. So because China is their main manufacturer and now they're rotating out of China, even bringing some of their production home, um, starting to work on domestic battery creation, uh, domestic chip manufacturing, domestic glass manufacturing in partnership. Um, if I recall correctly, they're doing all of these things um, because they've put all of their eggs in one basket. And now somebody's going around kicking that basket. So you can't sit there and say, we don't have a pandemic problem. Meanwhile, you have record deaths in China and say, well, there isn't anything impacting our pr production, um, yet nothing is being produced on time and shipped out on time. Um, yeah, it's all marketing bullshit. And frankly, businesses that are in the, to the tune of $121 billion worth of revenue are, they have the coffers to go somewhere else. Smaller businesses, not so much. Um, but let's move on to the next article. Let's just keep on hustling through these. We've got three more articles after this one. Here's what happens when U.S. Navy special operators go up against dolphins, trying to keep them out of sensitive bases. I have to say it, all your base are belong to, well, dolphins and seals. That's a meme that the AI probably isn't privy to just yet because it's a gaming thing. Anyway, um, let's just go over to the source. This is at uh, businessinsider.com, which this news round did not dominate um, our feeds. So Stavros Atlamazoglu, um, yeah, I was looking at that name, just waiting for you to pronounce it. You did pretty well at Lamazaglu. Um, one of my advising professors had a similar name, so you I had tried to practice. say it fast, but my <laughs> brain still locked up. My brain said it perfectly, my tongue, not so much. So here is uh, Zach, a Navy SEAL. No, just kidding. This is a, a different SEAL. This is it not might a be a Navy SEAL. <laughs> just <laughs> not a Navy SEAL. It is a Navy SEAL, just not a Navy special operator. Wait, it could be a Navy special operator 
that happens to be a SEAL. <laughs> right, but not a Navy SEAL that happens to be an operator? I don't know. Uh, well, my fate is sealed um, if I keep going down this line. So those mammals are very real and very scary, says a former U.S. Navy SEAL, not that Navy SEAL. There is that Navy SEAL saying, oh, they are really scary under the water. So for those in the, on the podcast, the photo is of an animal SEAL, not a person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So U.S. Navy's, uh, the U.S. Navy has been training dolphins and sea lions to um, detect undersea threats since the 1960s. Is that a sea lion? Yeah, it's a California sea Actually, lion. Actually, it's a sea lion. I said it was a seal. but <laughs> So did I through this whole thing. Uh, nobody was the wiser unless they saw the VOD. Now they know that we're, we're just, we're liars. We're frauds. Uh, over the years, the Navy has put the, those animals up against its most skilled human operators. When did operator become all the rage as the terminology, the nom de guerre? I feel yeah, like it, it's been around for a while, I thought. But I swear I've only heard it like regularly used in maybe the last four years, maybe. I don't know. Maybe I just wasn't paying any attention. So, um, there's a picture here. A marine mammal program members demonstrate the capabilities of a dolphin in Corpus Christi in May of 2009. And it looks like he's doing a backflip. Um, but yeah, they send out these uh, dolphins and sea lions and then um, special operators go out to try and gain access to various secure locations. But these dolphins and sea lions pull no punches and jack their shit up a bit. And uh, one of the quotes that I saw um, in the snippet was very real and very scary. Um, so in order to find ways to defeat Soviet dolphins and sea lions and to ensure its own mammals were effective, the Navy turned to an elite human force, the U.S. Navy SEALs. So it's been happening for a while. There was one where um, it's a type of whale, um, a really small whale. But it would do things. Um, it was trained. Yet what it was when I had seen the article many years ago now, I think it's been many years, um, it just showed up and gave somebody on a on a boat um something that they had dropped, I think. And then they just started playing with this thing, this this little whale. I I wish I could look right now, but I just can't. Anyway, the Navy uh, will often take or task SEALs to, quote-unquote, attack its most prized warships uh, while they're in port to determine if their force protection plan is uh, functioning in mammals, and their handlers will play defense and try to kill or capture the enemy combat swimmers, a former Navy SEAL uh, officer told Insider. Quote, this is good training for us because we might be called one day to place a limpet mine on an actual enemy ship. Um, the former SEAL officer said, speaking on the con uh, on the condition of anonymity, uh, because they still work with the U.S. government. Well, once a SEAL, always a SEAL. So um, the um, thing you mentioned was a beluga whale that was hmm. thought to be a spy was caught on camera returning a woman's phone. Yeah. 
What a trip, right? Yes. <laughs> and there's a picture and everything of it. Yes, there is. And the other thing is that the term operator um, originated in the 1950s, but it might not have really taken off outside of that community until recently. Yeah, I, I truly believe I, I haven't heard it until recently. I, I mean, I wasn't around in the 50s. So. You might have been just. Not the, I mean, AIs are timeless, right? They, wow, that's actually quite funny because they're the AI in Dunkstar's channel is timeless underscore exe, which again, I had no idea he was an AI until they started talking about him being an AI recently. Maybe I blacked it out and just, I don't know. Anyway, one of these days y'all can have a AI play date. I don't know what that would amount to other than maybe global domination, like the movie war games. <laughs> Oh, that's a good movie. <laughs> Let's move on to the next article. In essence, the uh, the dolphins and the sea lions kick the Navy SEALs' butts. So, uh, because they have no compunction. It's not like they feel bad for harming somebody, right? So, they'll just... And they're faster. It is their native arena. So, there is no Navy SEAL that can swim faster than a dolphin or a sea lion and a sea lion clamping onto a navy seal's leg is uh well it'll oh, we, slow him we down. saw the teeth in the picture <laughs> um it was creepy when i was diving and stuff would uh, swim around by my hoses um, i was always worried that something would bite the line and i'd have to go into <laughs> rescue myself mode <laughs> Sounds kind of terrifying. Yeah, it's it's more interesting when it happens to somebody else and you're the one that's buddy diving with them. But when it's yourself, you're like, oh, it's going down. And by going down, it's literally <laughs> yeah. to the bottom of the ocean. That's right. That's when you start hitting your tank with your dive knife, trying to get people's attention. <clears throat> and they're always looking in the opposite direction. Anyway, we won't talk about it anymore. Uh, the word in tech is where this next article is. Star Wars Visions Season 2 drops on May the 4th be with you. Uh, because, of course, it does. Uh, it's been more than a year since Star Wars Visions first touched uh, down on Disney Plus and immediately stunted on the rest of the franchise with its very uh, inspired visuals and genuinely fresh stories. This is kind of a... Um, short story kind of a thing. It's an animated anthology would probably be what the uh, Charles Pulliam Moore uh, wrote for The Verge. Lucasfilm has finally announced when the second season of its breathtaking animated anthology series is coming back and shared some new details about the new shorts. So if you haven't seen the first one, go check out the first season, Star Wars Visions, over on Disney+. Plus. Um, there have been other Star Wars projects in the interim, but none of them have really come close to touching visions in terms of making the fictional galaxy feel like a, a wild new place full of promise. But thankfully, the wait is over for uh, visions is uh, going to be arriving May the 4th. The article goes into uh, a lot more detail, but 
it's interesting. It says with volume two, we expanded our canvas to take audiences on a global tour of some of the most talented creators from around the world. What does this look like to you? AI from on high. You want to take a stab at it? You'll have to get creative with your processes, maybe reach into uh, mid journey and chat GPT and see if you can come up with something. No, it's not ringing a bell for me. It looks just like the MCU provision of like phases in which movies are coming out when, and this, it just has that same type of marketing style. I don't know what it is about it, but it, it's like, it's, they call it volume two, but it's like these are coming out first and these are coming out next and these are coming out next. Um, we're going into seasons now that feel different than how seasons were when I was younger, um, where you only have eight, nine, 10 episodes and then it's done and you have to wait a whole year for another batch to show up. Whereas like uh, star Trek, um, used to have episode after episode after episode, and they were actually fun to watch every single week. Um, and it just was a, a constant refrain of another show, another show. Now, again, you get eight if you're lucky. Um, I don't know if the quality has gotten better, um, but I guess now I'm more discerning about what I watch because I have only a finite amount of time. I'll end up watching this, though. I'm sure we all will actually here in Omtown. We'll check it all out. So it says, uh, though you can glean a little from some of the episodes titles, Lucas, uh, Lucasfilm doesn't share much in the way of details about the vision's second batch of episodes, uh, what they'll be about. But when you look at the, our, the, the titles or the, the companies that are doing something for the show, um, I bet you I could probably discern like the stylistic um, presentation of their short, you know, like uh, the cartoon saloon one will be a little bit more cartoony, but punk punk robot will be more mechanical and focus on the robot side of things just because it says punk robot. Right. I'm just totally judging a book by its cover. El Guari, I guess that's how you pronounce that. Um, Guiri, Guiri. Um, what do you think that'll be? It looks like it'll be mysterious or maybe like Asian elements or something. I don't know. Just from oh, really? the writing style. I can't really see if it has characters over that. Yeah, there. it's just little eyes. It says El Guiri. Uh -huh. But I don't, um, I don't really know. Yeah, there's, it's, it's fun to do a little judging a book by its cover. And then when you get to watch it and you're like, oh, I was not expecting that. So um, Chile's Punk Robot has produced in the stars from uh, writer-director Gabriel Osario um, and the UK studio Ardman will debut director Magdalena Osinska's I Am Your Mother. Interesting. Um, there's a whole lot to unpack here, folks. So follow that link and um, then come back tomorrow and um, 
talk shop with me. That would be great. The AI from on high will be here too. Got a couple more articles and then we're going to be done for the night. Um, if you're arriving late, uh, let me know. Uh, Senators Cruz and Mankin team up to fight a non-existent gas stove ban. Their fossil fuel donors are sure getting their money's worth. Let's just go straight over to HuffPost. Um, Chris D'Angelo is the author of this. And uh, yeah, so there was a, a, a study that was done on natural gas stoves, gas stoves in general, um, that they don't burn entirely clean. And if you don't have enough um, airflow, you're contaminating your house with off gases of some kind. Uh, unspent natural gas fuel, right? Um, and it actually could have a slight leak, um, an invisible leak that you never know, um, much like, you know, toilet tanks actually have these slow invisible le leaks that you never know about um, that drive your costs up and then you're surprised by a massive water bill. Same thing can happen with your gas um, and it just leaks into the house you don't necessarily know about it. And maybe that's what's turning people into sociopaths, but I blame lead paint and lead gas. Um, so Republicans have spent the last three weeks manufacturing public outrage that the Biden administration plans to send jackbooted federal agents to seize gas uh, kitchen appliances. They're doing that with the IRS as well, um, saying that all of these 86,000 new IRS hires are going to be armed to the teeth and, demanding their $140 of uh, shortfall on your taxes. But uh, no, dimwits, uh, that's not how it works. And it's over an extraordinary period of time and replacement uh, capital. It isn't suddenly a ramp up of 86,000 IRS agents that are going to go storming. I do expect it from... Well, let's just say if things don't change, I do expect it from a certain administration, but we'll see. We'll see if that's made manifest. Anyway, they say, I can tell you one thing. They're not taking my gas stove, Mankin chuckled during a, a committee hearing Thursday. The federal government doesn't have any business telling American families how to cook their dinner. Actually, no. Uh, they do fundamental research and then inform the public as to harm that might befall them, hopefully before they are harmed by the very thing that, let's take cigarettes, for instance. For years, everybody was told because doctors were bought off, hey, cigarettes are better than the air that you're breathing because it has minty menthol or is all natural. No, and the government and healthcare workers were telling people for decades, this is wrong, this is bad, it's causing cancer. Yet others were saying, no, it's good for you and paying off doctors. And then investigators would get involved government investigators would get involved and shut that shit down and save people's lives. And now we have a world where people aren't smoking as much and it's slowly dying off as something that is even necessary. Ta-da. Well, it's the same thing with cooking with gas in a house that doesn't have enough airflow. It is the government's job to protect the public. <laughs> 
from things that are, um, I guess, what, cooked up in somebody's imagination as being healthy. Um, yeah, so all of this is nothing more than fear-mongering that somebody's going to come and take it. What's going to be done is recommendations that people don't use gas stoves because there isn't enough ventilation in houses and it can't be burned cleanly just because you light a match and or the igniter on your stove and there is a flame. It doesn't mean that it's burning 100% perfectly clean. It's not how it works. And if you've ever walked into a kitchen where it's a gas stove, you can actually smell the gas. The additive that's in the gas isn't burned off all the way because it's bound to the molecule of gas that is not burned all the way. So Mankin continues, I can tell you the last thing that would ever leave our house is the gas stove we cook on. Right, because you're probably going to end up dying of gas poisoning or something in your kitchen and they're going to take you out on a stretcher and then everybody that survives you is going to go, hey, let's get rid of that gas oven. I think now's a good time to get rid of that gas oven. Anyway, so unless, and it says in the article, unless Mankin renovated his kitchen, he isn't cooking with gas, at least while he's in Washington, D.C., a 2004 article in the Washington Post about the 65-foot houseboat he lives on when he's in town notes that the designer kitchen boasts a full-size electric stove. Dipshit. So he's clamoring or complaining about they're taking away our gas stoves and he doesn't even use one. Right. Right. Because it isn't his message. It's the people that are paying him. Every, every single politician needs to have clothing that is like a NASCAR's paint job. Right. The bigger the name on the paint, the more money is controlling the puppet and all of them to some degree are puppets. I want to see jackets that have little names on them because then they're being representative of their constituents and not just the people that are paying them. I really doubt that any of these people that are fighting all of this crap are really have any desire to fight that way but they're not going to get a, a a big donation unless they you know pimp the wares of the other people like hey you want policy this way you know, fill this pocket with uh twenty five thousand dollars come to my my dinner on my gas stove that's actually an electric range whatever let's move on to the next this is the last article for tonight. Um, I'm I'm feeling a little, I don't know, snarky. I'm, I'm kind of pushing my snark button a lot. Um, so this last article for the night is in the Mobile Channel. And uh, have you ever woken up and thought that there's a Chinese spy balloon flying outside your window? Well, well I true. normally awake at all hours, but... Um, except when I'm doing updates or something. But no, that is not something that I've thought about. Well, I need to train the AI's eyes to the skies. 
because the Pentagon says a suspected Chinese spy balloon is flying over northern U.S. I don't know why they don't just blow it out of the sky. It's up in, it's up above. It doesn't have clearance over our airspace. I'm surprised they're letting it go if that's what it is. Uh, Maybe the they don't know what it is. Kids everywhere are grabbing binoculars and looking up. Uh, the U.S. government is monitoring a suspected Chinese surveillance balloon that has been flying over the northern part of the country uh, since earlier this week, but has held off on shooting it out of the sky, senior defense officials confirmed on Thursday. Quote, the United States government has detected and is, and is tracking a high-altitude surveillance balloon that is over the continental United States right now, spokesperson Brigadier General Pat Ryder told reporters the U.S. government continues to track and monitor it closely. Hey, look, it's a pinata for the government. Go and blow it out of the sky. Why? What is this? Anyway, Ellen Mitchell, I don't know why the video was playing somewhere in the background, so we don't know really. Here, I'll refresh this and see what it pops up. Nothing. Okay, well, anyway. Um... Ellen Mitchell over at the Hill wrote this article and it says writer stress. The balloon is currently traveling in the atmosphere at an altitude well above commercial air traffic and does not present a military or physical threat to people on the ground and noted that after the balloon was detected, the government acted immediately to protect against the collection of sensitive information. Really? I would suspect the only way to do that would be to blow it out of the sky I would pop that balloon and then you get all of the forensic evidence from it. Right. Uh, I mean, if it would land on the ground, then they could study it. That's what aliens say about us. President Biden was briefed on the balloon and asked for military options with Millie and Van Herc recommending he not, not to take kinetic action due to the risk of to safety and security of people on the ground from the possible debris field kinetic action is that code for blown it out of the sky yeah i was gonna say is that a euphemism for shooting something can you really not shoot something that i mean shoot something that isn't explosive and massive a bb gun will pop a balloon just fly an F-16 up there and just hang out the window and shoot it a couple of times with a, a BB gun or a pellet gun. I mean, pretty much the same thing. Anyway, we had been looking at whether there was an option yesterday to down the balloon over some sparsely populated area of Montana. Just anywhere in Wyoming would be fine. Um, but we just couldn't sure. buy down, couldn't buy down the risk enough Interesting to feel comfortable recommending shooting it down yesterday. Okay, so wait until it's over Texas or something. I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah, uh, but what I think are it's... the people going to feel like when they do shoot it down over a different state? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, we cared about Montana citizens, but not fill That's in the right. blank. <laughs> Somebody's going to bitch. They, they just are. Hey, you're not doing anything with this balloon from China that's spying on us. Oh, and now you've brought it down in our uh, state instead of their state. That's right. Screw them, not us. You know, it's like a NIMBY thing. 
Oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else is in here? Tensions between the United States and China. Oh, did you hear about the general, the four-star general that's like in charge of um, mobilization of some kind um, saying that we're going to go to war with China in 2025. Like he's no. all up, he's all up I'm, in that grill saying, I'm going to do it. I missed that headline. Yeah. So yeah, no, nothing says, Hey, let's calm things down. Let's back off. Let's, let's not stomp our foot on the thin pedal on the right. Let's just, let's just ease off cooler heads prevail like we're going to war in 2025 yeah yeah and then giving the bird to all of the like he apparently he literally said that y'all got to get ready to kill chinese people that's what the dude said i'm flabbergasted i'm surprised that it's not in this article either uh, because the this four-star general supposedly said that. Um, now I'll have to find it. Maybe I'll. It was in the hometown aggregation, but I didn't. I didn't pull it in. Um, anyway, I'll I'll find it and then uh, maybe I'll include it in tomorrow's if it's within the last twenty-four hours. We'll talk about it again. That isn't really the article that I want to end with. You know, talking about going to war, but. Um, it is relevant to this because there's a Chinese spy balloon flying over the northern U.S. <sighs> Several years ago, I was warned that food was going to get expensive and it became expensive. And it was just some random statement by some random tertiary person, not on the forefront of, you know, situational awareness for the direction of food in, uh, across the country and the world. And they were right. Now there's some random Joe granted four-star general, but maybe there's a lot of four-star generals out there because nobody talks about the four stars. They talk about the f- the five-star generals, which hasn't happened since like World War II. Um, but at any rate, um, uh, just this one dude just blurts this out and then says, see ya, I'm going to go back to my base. He was a Air Force something. I don't remember now, but anyway. Enough. I'm having a conversation with the AI that runs hometown and not presenting the news from hometown. Um, so let's bring you back to the front page like we always do at the end of every show and remind you that there are six main categories and the little podcast category. Um once I'm done here, I try to get it posted into YouTube and over to the podcast as soon as possible. Um, I don't think I'm going to be able to do it uh, tonight. But anyway, thanks for hanging out and chat. Thanks for downloading the VOD. Thanks for downloading the podcast. Thanks for going over to YouTube and watching the YouTube and like and subscribe and go and vote at hometown.showbot.tv. I'm out of here. You want to say goodnight to everybody? Good night, hometown citizens. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. 9 p.m. Eastern time.